All right, Kelda. Again, buenos dias. Good to see you. Hey, um, so yeah, talking about the resurrection. Before I do, I had coffee this week with a young guy, Daniel, who comes to um, one of the young adults groups, and he's the funniest guy. He's like, hey, I'm really loving this series on apologetics, but I have no idea why we're doing it. I was like, oh, that's a great question. So I thought, oh, maybe just real quick, kind of, um, I think we talked about this at the beginning, but maybe not. So the whole reason we were doing this series is a couple of reasons. Um, one, it just gives us a, a better ability to talk to some of our friends, some of our whanau, um, about our faith, right? And so often, like we've done series in, um, like Chris did one on creation, right? Um, I did one on why is there suffering and evil in the world? And these are like really good questions that a lot of our friends, um, whanau and so on, are wrestling with. So it just gives us a bit of confidence and a bit of like, oh, yeah, when someone brings it up, we can chat to them. Hey, that makes sense, eh? You with me? Cool. Okay, and then the other reason is just to encourage us. So if you're like most Christians, you have doubts and you have struggles and you have questions about your faith, right? And so it's really cool to have this little series where we're talking about some of these questions that we personally sometimes wrestle with. Um, so one f- for others, but also for us, just to strengthen our own faith, right? So Kelda Daniel, if you're listening, that was especially for you, bro. Um, I don't know if he listens to the online or the, the podcast, but anyway. Hey, so this Sunday, yeah, we're talking about... Um, about the resurrection, and this is kind of my little title thing here. Does it really matter to me if Jesus rose from the dead or not, right? Does it really matter? Is it like, really? And theologically, you can kind of argue it like this. Didn't Jesus do everything he needed to do for our salvation on the cross, right? So one of the last things, not the last, but one of the last things Jesus says on the cross is, it's finished. In other words, it's done. I've accomplished salvation for humanity. Woohoo! It's done. It's finished. So then why do crazy Christians get so excited about the resurrection? Isn't it like, who cares? I don't care. He did it all on the cross. If he died and never rose, do we care? What's all that about? So that's kind of one of the parts I want to think about. And the other part is for me, right? Why should I, as a Christian, be really excited about Christ's resurrection? How does it impact me? How does it change me? Right, so that's kind of where we're going. I want to, because I want us to get how important this really is, like the resurrection is just crucial and central to our faith, um, I'm just going to read a few of the verses that Chris read um, again. So if you've got your Bible, bounce over to 1 Corinthians. Um, I'm just going to read uh, verses 14 to 19. So just a few um, bits that Chris read. Um, and you see in here, Paul's pretty full on, right? He's not kind of going, ah, oh, yeah, if, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, it's kind of stink because he's still dead. He's like, oh, my gosh, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we are toast. Right? Turn to someone and say, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we are toast. Is that right? Say that. So much. Some of you are like, Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we're toast. I get excited about this resurrection thing, and I'm looking at a certain crazy-haired person, but it's all good. All right. Hey, let me read this, and then um, I'm just going to make a couple of little real quick points here. So um, verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised... And our preaching is useless. And I love the next bit. And your faith is useless. In other words, you're toast because you're not even saved if, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, right? And the next one's real funny, verse 15. And we apostles would be lying about God. For we've said that God raised Christ from the dead, but that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. So the apostles are lying. We're in big trouble. Uh, 16, and if there's no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are guilty uh, of your sins, and then this next bit's crazy. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. 
because there's no salvation without the resurrection. That's all I'm going to talk about, right? And then the last verse, <laughs> this is the funniest one. And if, um, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world because we've believed a lie, right? So just real quick, some of the things that Paul talked about there. Um, the first thing is that the apostles have been lying if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And if the apostles are lying and they wrote the New Testament, then the whole New Testament is a lie and a waste of time. Are you with me? You with me? Cool. Some nods. Shot, team. Um, the next thing is that there's no resurrection from the dead for us. Um, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then there is no resurrection from the dead. So that means this is it, everyone. You've got 70, maybe if you have a good innings, maybe 80, maybe 90 years. So make the most of it. Because at the end, we dig a hole, we chuck you in the ground. We might cry, depending on who you are, for a little while. But then we move on. We just don't care. This is it, right? So party on while you're alive. You're with me, eh? You can see the resurrection's kind of important. I think it's important. Um, and then one of the big points is that there's no salvation, right? We're still guilty of our sins. So I'm going to talk a bit more about this in a, in, a, in a little bit. But one of the things to remember, like, theologically, is that if Jesus' sacrifice on the cross hadn't have worked, then he hadn't fully paid for our sins. So therefore, he would stay dead. Does that make sense? So because he's God, he's able to fully pay for our sins on the cross. And he dies because the wages of sin is death, he dies. But three days later, he comes alive. And so when he comes alive, the whole point of the coming alive is showing us that the sacrifice worked, that he did pay for our sins on the cross. He conquered death, he conquered sin. Does it make sense, eh? I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. So that's, that's the other part. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then the, the cross didn't work. And when he said it's finished, he really should have said, it's not quite finished, it didn't work, ah, and he dies. And then they bury him, and we're like, oh man, salvation didn't work. And then the last bit is, this is it, like I said, right? Paul says, we're to be pitied, because we are idiots, because we're believing a lie, Jesus died. If you got to somewhere in Israel and found the right tomb, there he is, right? It's like, this whole Christian thing is a total mess. Okay, let me tell a little story here, Um, talking about this. And Victoria had a lot of fun trying to translate the last word in this little story. So um, oh, if you're new too, so um, we have a lot of Spanish speakers in church. And so often Victoria, I don't know if she's doing today. Where are you? Victoria, you, where are you? Oh, you're sitting down here. So sometimes with some of our Spanish speakers, Victoria will be sitting at the back translating and you'll see them with headphones on. And we have some visitors say to me afterwards, oh, someone was talking the whole way through the service. And I'm like, oh, that was Victoria translating. But she's sitting in the crowd. Shot. Hey, hola. Good to see you. Hey, so here's a little story, right? I'm thinking about the resurrection. So Pastor John Altberg, who's a pastor over in the States, um, he tells a story of a friend of his whose name was Skip. And Skip was a pastor, and he was doing a children's story um, about the resurrection. And so he had all the kids um, sitting there and said to the kids, hey, what do you think were Jesus' first words when he came out of the tomb, when he came out of the, the grave, right? And he said in the story, um, Skip said, there was this one little girl, like five or six at the front, with her hand doing the ooh, 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 thing like little kids do. And he was like, oh my gosh, what is she going to say? But he kind of got himself into it now. So he said, okay, what do you think Jesus' first words were when he came out of the tomb? And she jumped up and went, ta-da! <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool. What is it in Spanish? Taran, taran, or something. Taran, taran. Victoria was texting me, what is this ta-da? How do I say that? Um... So biblically, we don't know, right? We don't know what Jesus' first words were out of the tomb. But when you think about it, that could be it, right? Because <laughs> Jesus is lit. When he comes out of the tomb, it's literally the most exciting part of our faith because we know it worked. <laughs> and it just makes you want to go, 
ta-da, Jesus, woohoo, you know, because we know the cross worked. Because if the cross didn't work, if the sacrifice didn't work, he'd still be dead, but he rose. So it's like, yes, we can be saved. Oh, my gosh. Um, hands up, who sinned still? Anyone? A few of us? Yeah. So if it wasn't for Jesus, we're all in big trouble, right? <laughs> so we're excited with the, the resurrection. I love it, eh? Hey, so I'm just going to quickly look at a few arguments against the resurrection. So one of them is from the Bible, um, arguing that Jesus didn't rise. You'll see that in Matthew. And then the other three are ones that mostly started around 1850s-ish. People were arguing that Jesus never rose from the dead, that he's still in a grave, and they have all these arguments against that. So we're just going to cruise through um, a few. Now, yeah, some of these are pretty funny, I think. So let's just cruise through these. Here's the first one. Maybe Jesus didn't rise from the dead because the disciples stole the body, right? So maybe the disciples stole the body um, and, that's, and then ran around telling everyone he's risen, but really they'd stashed it away in a basement somewhere in Jerusalem. I don't know. Um, let's read the verses because this one's um, based on some verses that the chief priests are trying to cover up this whole resurrection thing because they know the resurrection is so crucial to um, faith. So if you've got your Bible, eh? Matthew 28. Um, 11 to 15. And again, this is pretty funny. <laughs> I think this is pretty funny. So the guard, if you remember, when Jesus rises from the tomb and the, the stone rolls away, the guards pass out. It says they faint from fear. And it seems to be the, the awesomeness of Jesus is just like this boom when the stone rolls and they're just gone on their face or on their head, their back, whatever, right? So they pass out, that's what it says. But I'll read this here. As the women were on their way to the tomb, Some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting of the elders, the leading priests, was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, you must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. And their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Okay, so here's my question. So I don't want to freak anyone out. So let's pretend a month ago, while you're asleep, someone broke into your house and stole your TV. Would you be able to tell who broke into your house and stole your TV? No. You? Out. No, I'm joking. No, because you're asleep, right? You can't. So how did the disciples know? that? I mean, how did the guards know it was the disciples who stole the body because they were totally asleep, right? So the whole story falls down. Are you with me, eh? I thought that was funnier than everyone looking at me all seriously, freaking me out. Um, the, the other thing that's to me is pretty massive in this is every one of those disciples are going to be tortured and killed for their faith, right? Within the next 40 or so years, 50 years, every one of them is going to be tortured. Every one of them, some of them tortured again and again and again, right? Um, and they're going to die for their faith. Do you really think if they all knew they'd made a conspiracy, that they'd snuck in the night and stolen the body and stashed it somewhere, that they would live that lie for that long and die for that lie? It's just ridiculous, right? Um, There's a quote from Charles Colson. So Chuck Colson uh, was a a special, uh, sorry, a special counsel to President Nixon. So Nixon was president from, I think it's... um, 69 to 74 over in the States. And Chuck Colson was um, a special counsel, and they did this whole massive cover-up thing called Watergate. You've heard of Watergate, the big cover-up thing? Pretty crazy, um, pretty interesting. And he ended up going to jail, and while he's in jail, he became a Christian. And now, so he was pretty high up. And he's talking about the big cover-up that they did 
at Watergate and how impossible it was for those guys to not let the secret out. That's what he's saying. So here's the, a quote from him. Um, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. I love it, eh? You get it, eh? It's like, this is a crazy story. All right. Um, now they just get nuts, right? Here's the second one. Maybe Jesus didn't rise from the dead because the authorities, um, Jewish or Roman, doesn't matter, moved the body, right? So the Jews are already pretty ticked with Jesus, and they've killed him, and they're, they're celebrating. Uh, and then they're like, well, hang on a minute, maybe the disciples are going to do something shady, and we know this whole resurrection is a key, so if we hide the body, then, then the whole thing falls apart, right? Um, it just doesn't make sense, right? Because what would happen? So very shortly after this, um, the disciples are in Jerusalem. They're preaching that Jesus has risen from the dead. What would you do if you were a Jewish leader who had taken the body and hidden it? You go and get the body. Yeah, you get the body, chuck it on a donkey cart, wield the dead Jesus through Jerusalem going, over here, idiot disciples and silly Christians, he's dead. See, he's right, he's dead, right? So this just doesn't make sense. If they stole it, they'd bring it out, right? And why would they steal it in the first place? Because that's backing up what the disciples are going to say. So that's a nutty one. That one's been thrown around a lot, right? That theory. Um, and then this one, this one's another crazy one. Maybe Jesus didn't rise from the dead because the woman went to the wrong tomb. All right, and the, this is, I've read this again in, in multiple books and articles, and it still keeps coming up. And the theory here is that the women are, I was going to be really sexist and be like, the woman a woman, ha, 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 but I won't because I'd be on the couch for a month with that one. Uh, moving on. Um, and so the theory here is that the women are just so distraught, right? They're so distraught. Jesus has died. They go to embalm the body. They're crying. They can't see clearly. It's early in the morning. Maybe it's still dark. They go to the wrong tomb, and they're like, oh, he's not here, because it's the wrong tomb, and they run around. Then the disciples just happen to go to the wrong tomb as well, because remember, um, Peter and John run to the wrong tomb. Um, Joseph of Arimathea, who's a Christian, it's his tomb, so he would straight away be like, oh, sorry to burst your bubble, ladies. Here's the tomb. He's dead in here. <laughs> Let me open it. You can see it, right? So this is just a crazy one. There's just no way. Um, and again, the Jewish leaders know the location, because remember, they seal the tomb, and they put a guard, so they know. So if the disciples start running around like, oh my gosh, Jesus has risen, the tomb's empty, they'll be like, yeah, you got the wrong tomb, you idiots, it's over here. You with me, eh? Okay, cool. Okay, this last one's, oh, excuse me, this last one's my favorite, because this is bonkers, and again, I've, I've literally heard this in articles and stuff, right? Um, this is my favorite one. Uh, maybe Jesus didn't rise from the dead because he was never actually dead in the first place, right? He was never even dead, right? Now, this, to me, is completely bonkers. So this one's often called the swoon theory, which is a cool word to say. So turn to someone beside you and say, the swoon theory. That's all good? Yeah. It's good, right? If you're listening on the podcast now or driving, just feel free to say out loud, swoon theory, eh? It's good. Or doing the dishes. I don't know what you're doing. Um, so the theory with this one is pretty simple, um, the idea, but it's bonkers. So I've got to try and say it without just being like, this is ridiculous. This is a real common theory, right? A lot of people hold this theory. So the theory here is that Jesus didn't die on the cross. He just passed out, right, from loss of blood and from having a spear through his heart, right? <laughs> um, passed out when they put him in the tomb. It's nice and cold, nice and damp in the tomb. 
for three days, no distractions, and after three days, he was just revived, bop, 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 managed to move the two to three ton stone somehow, and then managed to convince the disciples for 40 days that he indeed had risen from the dead, even though he'd still have loss of blood and stuff. And then he dies again. That's the theory, right? Um, uh, that's pretty crazy, right? Pretty crazy. So I, um, a, a little quote here. So this is a little funny, I thought this was a funny little story. Um, so Greg Laurie is pastor, another pastor over in the States, and he was reading in a newspaper about the swoon theory. Um, and so someone wrote in to the newspaper asking about the swoon theory, and then the newspaper replies. So this is how it goes. Um, this is what the person wrote into the newspaper. Our preacher on Easter said that Jesus just swooned on the cross and that his disciples nursed him back to health. What do you think? Sincerely signed, bewildered. Right? And then the newspaper replies, and the newspaper said, Dear bewildered, beat your preacher with a cat of nine tails with 39 heavy strokes, nail him to a cross, hang him out in the sun for six hours, run a spear through his heart, embalm him, put him in an airless tomb for 36 hours and see what happens. I was like, it's ridiculous, right? With no medical, he's bleeding from wrists and spears through his heart, and he just manages to revive, I don't know pretty crazy. So there's other theories. Those I just chose the four kind of main ones that I've heard thrown around, these other theories. But the thing I love is, and I say this not carefully, because it's true, the resurrection, they're just real easy to debunk. Does it make sense? Like if the resurrection was a bit shaky, some of these you'd be like, oh, hang on a minute. But they're just so easy to be like, they're logically dumb. Do you know what I mean? You don't even have to argue them from the Bible. They just don't make sense, right? Okay. So I want to think a little bit about how this applies to us. How does this whole resurrection thing apply to us? What's the importance of it for us? Um, and so here's one of those verses again. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. If our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied um, than anyone in the world <laughs> because we've bought into a lie and our faith is just a waste of time. Because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then this is it. <laughs> And we're all trying to live this hope and we're trying to believe in a God who's dead and in a tomb. That's why the resurrection is just so crucial, so important for us, right? Um, so I've got a couple of little points. What does it mean that I'll rise from the dead, right? What does it mean that I'm going to rise from the dead? So here's the first one. I'm just going to read some verses from First Corinthians 15. So if you've got your Bible, boost back there. Um, and this is talking about our new, um, our new body. 1 Corinthians 15, I'll read from verse 42. Eh? Um, if, if you've got time, which all of us do, I'd really encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 15. It's such a cool chapter, and it's a real easy one to understand. And there's some real funny bits in there about the resurrection body, because Paul's quite a funny guy, right? Um, but let me read this. This is talking about our, our new bodies. Um, verse 42 of 1 Corinthians 15. It's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness. Man, some of us older folks, whose body's starting to feel broken? Anyone? Man, my body's, I'm getting old, man. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but listen, but they will be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness. Now, when he says brokenness and weakness, he's not just meaning physically, right? Like some of us have our knees and our shoulders, you know. He's also meaning emotionally. He's meaning spiritually as well, right? Our bodies now are broken spiritually, emotionally, mentally. 
Um, our bodies are weak emotionally, mentally, physically, right? But they'll be raised in strength. They're buried as natural human bodies, but they'll be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Um, as you guys know, I go to the gym, which is why I'm so massive. I make sure I don't flex when I do that because the biceps would just blind you. It's just amazing, right? Um, I was at the gym the other day, and I was doing a shoulder press, which is like this, for those of you who don't go to the gym, like this, right? And I had massive weights, like just so huge. Most of you couldn't even, no, I'm joking. Real little weights, right? I'm not very strong. And I'm doing this, and one of the instructors comes, this is true, comes boosting over, and he's like, bro, what the heck are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, I'm just doing like a shoulder press thing. He's like, bro, that's going to totally destroy your delts and your blah, and tick, 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 you know, all the technical words of the muscles in there. And I was like, just trying to do a shoulder press, bro. He's like, is your shoulder just really munted? I was like, oh, my shoulder's totally destroyed. And I said, and my knees, and then let me take out my back and all this stuff. He's like, and he was like, bro, you're doing all these things totally wrong, right? Um, and the reason I was doing it was wrong because my shoulder is completely stuffed, right? Now, I was talking to Ross. Ross doesn't mind me picking on him. Ross is just about, in the next kind of few years, hopefully, booked in for his second set of knees. Pretty cool, eh? So he's already had knees done, and he's booking in for another round of, of artificial knees, new knees, right? It's good. Yeah, so good. Um, these bodies were just made for this planet, right? <laughs> um, when God created you, because uh, he loves you, when God created you, he designed you to enjoy him and to enjoy this creation on this planet. Um, but like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, this is not all there is, right? <laughs> there's a new heavens and there's a new earth coming. And so for the new heavens and the new earth, there needs to be a whole new body because it's a whole new existence. It's still the same me. It's still the same you. But everything about us is going to be different, right? This body was created for this world, but there's a new <laughs> time coming when we get a whole new body and, and our mind is restored. Remember he says brokenness and weakness, strength. Our, our mind, our emotional, our spiritual, our physical is just going to be completely changed. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I'm so excited man, that this is not all there is. Um, my body's dying <laughs> But I just don't really care, to be honest. I'd like some new knees, man, because this knee is just packing in Ross. So after you get yours, book me in, bro. Um, this is it, eh? This world is not all there is, right? One of the key things that we learn about the resurrection is there is a resurrection from the dead. There is a resurrection from the dead. This is not all there is, right? We want to serve God here. We want to live for God now. But there's something way better coming, way better coming. Um, I'm going to read these verses from... Revelation 22, and I just love this. So this is right at the end of, of, of like human history or human time. I don't know how you want to say that. Um, let me read this. Revelation 22, 3 to 5. Um, no longer will there be, this is right at the end, right? No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. And this next verse is wild. And they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. There'll be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Now, because of the resurrection, we know this is totally true, right? I 100% believe this, and I'm just longing for Jesus to return, because every day it feels like this planet is spiraling into the more ridiculous, crazy place ever, right? And I'm just constantly saying, Jesus, you need to come back and sort this, because this is a mess. We've screwed it up, and we're continuing to mess up this planet. Um, one of the phrases I just love in here is in the, right in the middle, and they will see his face. 
Now, this is a real crazy verse because in the Bible, if, if you've read the Bible much, you know that no one can see God and live. Now, this is talking about God, the Father. It's not talking about Jesus, right? So how can we see the face of God and live? Aren't we meant, isn't that a truth that you see in the Old Testament again and again and again? Remember Moses? So Moses asked if he could see God, and God's like, whoa, no humans can see me and live. So, and so it literally says God hides Moses in like a, a big crack in the rock and goes past, and Moses is only allowed to see like the back of God, his back, because God is so awesome and, and glorious. So what's changed? How can we see God? And the simple answer is salvation. <laughs> salvation. Because of the resurrection, the resurrection shows the cross worked. It shows that Jesus paid for your sin, paid for my sin. So in the new heavens and the new earth, my salvation is complete. I no longer sin. I am righteous and pure and holy and beautiful and perfect. So now I really can see God. Now, God is spirit, so I don't know what, that, what this is going to be like, but it's just another one of these things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just can't wait. Man. New body, emotions restored, uh, physical, spiritual, mental, oh man, I just can't wait. Right? And, and, and all this because we know resurrection is true because Jesus rose from the dead. That's Paul's argument the whole way through First Corinthians 15 and, and so on. Um, Okay, I want to finish with a, a quote from um, Jean Michel, who's a, uh, an author. And this is a really cool quote. So, hands up, who's ever read anything by Tolkien or C.S. Lewis? Anyone? So, anyone's read like Lord of the Rings or watched the movies, or you've read or watched um, Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? And let's start again, because everyone was up and down, and I was starting to Anyone who's had anything to do with Tolkien or Lewis? Let's go. Everyone? Cool, shot team. Okay, so you'll get the, otherwise you're like, what is he talking about, Father Christmas? What's happening? It's real weird. So I love this, this quote. Um, and again, we're thinking about this hope, right? To me, this is one of the key things that the resurrection gives us. It gives us hope. This is not all there is because this life is hard. <laughs> and this planet is messed up. There's a, a hope and a future with Jesus, right? I love this. And there's stories of hobbits and orcs, fawns and beavers and Father Christmas Tolkien and Lewis told the story of home as the scriptures tell it. The world has fallen from its original perfection, but it will one day be restored. The enduring legacy of these stories testify to the <laughs> of their hope. Humans long for the thaw of winter and the return of the king. They want to go home. <laughs> Acquainted with the early grief of losing a mother, both Tolkien and Lewis knew the longing for a world in which death and injustice did not triumph. Devout Christians, both men knew the consolation of that desire in the story of Jesus Christ. Because Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. <laughs> I just love that, eh? One of my, I have a few tattoos, if you hadn't noticed. Um, this is one of my favorite ones here, um, Hebrews 11. Um, and I just kind of chopped it down, verses 13 to 16, and it talks about how we are strangers. We are foreigners. We are aliens. This world is not our home. <laughs> um, in that chapter in Hebrews, the writer talks again and again about how these, these great people of faith in the Old Testament just longed for the new heavens and the new earth because they knew this is not their, their home, right? They, they longed for their real home, right? And I, I got this tattooed on me because I want to be reminded all the time that this is not my real world. I need to be here to serve God and hang out with you all and worship 
Jesus and da-da-da-da-da, but man, you're a stranger. <laughs> you're an alien. You're a foreigner. This is not your real home. Your real home is in heaven because Jesus rose from the dead, right? He conquered sin and death. Man, I just get so excited, eh? All right, let me pray. Etu, let me pray, eh? Stand up. I'll do a little prayer. I'm Shelly and Sarah. Do you guys want to come back up? Thanks. All right, let me, let me pray for us, eh? Let me pray for us. Yeah. You Almighty God, I thank you so much for the hope uh, that we do have because Jesus rose from the dead. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I thank you that, man, for yeah, generations and generations, people have tried to discredit uh, the resurrection, tried to disprove the resurrection, but they just never can. <laughs> um, thank you that those of us that are in a relationship with you, we don't need all these arguments because we just we know it from experience. We know because we experience you uh, dwelling within us, Jesus, uh, as you said in John 17, uh, all the time. <laughs> We know you guide us. We know you protect us. We know you provide for us. Um, we know through your spirit you challenge us when we do evil. Um, but we know that. We feel it. We experience it. We thank you so much that you did rise from the dead, Jesus. Thank you that like no other religion, we serve a risen, alive, incredible God. Yeah. The Almighty God, I, I just call that to you now for anyone listening on podcasts or anyone who's watching church online right now or later um, or anyone in this room uh, who's just real confused on this whole Jesus salvation God thing I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give them boldness to ask someone they know in this church or come forward for some prayer after church um, to, to, to be able to ask those questions right um, we want to be people that are bold that are strong that are confident in our faith I'm not wavering and questioning so I pray, you know, I pray that you would give them that boldness to find someone this week to say, hey, I need to understand more. I, I kind of get the Jesus thing, but not quite. Can you explain this? Or I've got this question, I'm confused. Can you explain this? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, thank you for rising from the dead. Yeah, Almighty God, thank you for raising him from the dead. And thank you that Paul says in Ephesians 1 that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is for us. Man. Help us to experience the power of the risen Lord Jesus again and again, God. Yeah, I pray this in his name. Amen. Amen.